Welcome to session one of Pod Sessions with your host, Mitch Fanning. I, of course, am Mitch Fanning. And for those of you who have zero context on me, I'm a marketing professional with 15 years of experience focused on helping SaaS companies, short for software as a service companies, grow their revenues by adopting a more revenue-focused marketing approach. So just to give you a bit of background on me, uh, over the last 10 years, I've been the marketing leader of two SaaS companies who both earned a spot on the Profit 100 and 500, respectively. And for those of you who don't know it, that's a list of Canada's fastest growing companies that's put up by Canadian business each year. So what can you expect from this podcast? Well, I'm going to be talking about three things specifically. One, I'm going to be talking about the challenges that SaaS companies experience once they've hit product market fit. And that's about 2.5 million in revenue and above. And here's why. Besides having experience with that type of company, I really feel like there's a lot of content already out there about the SaaS or tech startup. I also feel that SaaS companies who have reached initial scale, so that's kind of like 10 million in revenue and above, already get a lot of media coverage and exposure. So again, a lot of content. But the SaaS companies that are in that kind of 2.5 to 10 million growth phase, or what I refer to as the murky middle, don't really seem to get talked about as much. So that's kind of where I feel like the white space is, and that's what I'm going to address in this podcast. I'm also going to be talking about all aspects of marketing, specifically why you should be more revenue focused. And I guess last but not least, I'm going to be talking with people who have figured out a way to make a life for themselves, not just a quote unquote good living. Really, I guess in the end, my goal is really just to have fun, informal, yet meaningful conversations with a variety of interesting people. So what should you expect from session one? In this session, I'm joined by my wife, Kari Elms Fanning, a successful business owner in her own right, who runs a local women's clothing boutique called Cousins. And during our chat, we talk about why I started a podcast, what to expect in season one, and the challenges of starting something new, including her own experiences starting Cousins 11 years ago. I hope you really enjoy it, and thank you so much for listening. Let's go. I sell products, not advertising. This monkey business is in your blood, under your skin. You're getting out, you're just getting in, you're only getting started. People will think what I tell them to think. Oh, have I got your attention now? You have part of my attention, you have the minimum amount. This guy's got the right idea. Why don't we begin? So I think the the first kind of, or the best place to start off would be to kind of talk about why, why I decided to do do this, why I decided to, to start a podcast. It came about as, as you know, when I decided voluntarily to, to take a sabbatical and we'll talk a little bit more about that a bit later in this, uh, in this episode. But one of the things that has come about is the fact that I wanted to get back to being more creative and, and we've talked about that you and I, uh, so it's not, not new to you, but as a result of me wanting to be more creative, I wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. I mean, you've talked about it even before your sabbatical really. So, yeah. And I'll kind of take a step back. The biggest reason why I I took the sabbatical just to lay it out there was I kind of wanted to stop deferring or, or waiting to do things or the things that, you know, I or, or we wanted to do until it was too late, right? Because at that point, you know, who knows? We might not be healthy. You, you can never, you never know how things are going to work out. So, you know, the old paradigm is you're in school for 15 years or you have 15 years of education and you you work 40 years till you're about 65. And then you have about 15 plus years to do the things that you want, right? And to me... I thought about that and I've I've thought about that for years and I said, well, what if I took a couple of those years at the end and started to intersperse them during during the work year? You know, kind of take breaks along the way when you're when we're a bit younger, right? And we're you know, we're healthier. So so that's kind of how it kind of all came about. Like, why not do it along the way instead of leave it all to the end. Yeah, because it's an unknown. 
exactly. So there's other reasons. And again, we'll, we'll get to that, but back kind of to why I decided to start the podcast. And I, I kind of have a list here. Um, cause I'm kind of like that. I'm kind of a mix between wanting to be prepared and just kind of winging it. The first thing I thought about when I said, well, why do I, why do I want to do this? Sometimes I like to start with why, why do I not want to do it? And, and kind of that allows me to refocus down on the essentials. So for instance, the reason why I'm not starting a podcast is to make money or to monetize. I have no illusion of just starting out of the gates or even doing this for a while and then trying to monetize it or even, or even build an audience. If that comes about great as a byproduct, but it's not something that I'm, I'm looking to do. It's, it's, you know, and I hope that as I get down into this, down this road, you know, I hope that I stick to it. I kind of want to start on building a good product versus just having the intent of trying to monetize that. Cause sometimes you can water down the product. And, you know, I've always said that your best marketing strategy is really having a good product. That's what I kind of want to do with this and really hone in my craft. And I've been having fun so far, but you know, the reasons why I wanted to do it was I like podcasts. Yeah. You sure listen to a lot of them. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because it's kind of like, I, I, I kind of think of it as like time arbitrage. You know, I, I started like really listening to them in the car on my way to work or on my way to the gym. And, you know, it was really time that I could use to spend, you know, more valuable time. I could actually learn something. And, you know, the type of podcast I listen to, and I, I think I've said this to you before, when you listen to people who are at a high level, and you listen to in on their conversations, you're like a fly on the wall. And it's sometimes depending on the person, uh, like for example, I, I listened to the, the Tim Ferriss's podcast and uh, you know, he has people over and sometimes they're, they're drinking wine and you almost feel like you're part of that inner circle and you're a part of that conversation. And you, you know, it's, it, it's amazing that you can, listen in on these high level conversations, these, these guys or, or, or women who think about things in a certain way, you, you kind of get to sit in on that. And so to me, it was, it's, it's just been a really neat way of looking at it. And, but I've, I've learned a lot about it, but you know, I think the other reason was, you know, I, 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 I wanted to kind of learn something, you know, take this time during my sabbatical to actually learn some things or do some things that I typically wouldn't have done, be more creative, like I had said, even if I fail. And I think also, you know, from a marketing point of view, you, you know, podcasting has really become part of the marketing mix. So I want it to be, I want to kind of be a practitioner. Yeah. And not just sit on the sidelines and, and, you know, tell clients, yeah, I think you should, you know, get into podcasting. I think you should do this. I typically like to do it first. Not, you know, it's hard to do all the things that you recommend. You can kind of look at other use cases and, and, and you can talk to people that you respect and, and see how they're doing it. But I typically like to experiment with things before I recommend uh, and get my hands dirty. But going back to the creative, I just wanted to do it because I thought, I think I would enjoy it. And in fact, I've started a blog several times and, uh, you know, my site now I call it, you know, at the, at the footer, it's V5, you know, version five, and it's been the fifth iteration. And part of that has been, I, I tried several times to write based on what I thought people expected. Like, you know, I was Mitch, the marketing guy, so I'm going to write marketing. And then I kind of flipped over to going all personal. And I found that I was a little bit of both. And 
you know, writing is, is I enjoy it, but it's a little more difficult, but I like talking. Yes, that's true. Yeah. My <laughs> wife can attest to that. And, you know, I have great conversations with people and I just wanted to record that. And I was going to mention that also, but you know, even back further, I remember, and I've told you this before, Yeah. when I was in university, one of my classes, I think we had to do a video and this was back in like, you know, the mid nineties and, uh, you know, that's still when they had kind of the, the, the really funky colored Apple computers. <laughs> so we shot the video, we went off site and shot it. And it was really fun and I really enjoyed it. And then we had to edit it. And for some reason, either it was my, it was my turn to do something or I had signed up to, to do the editing or I just, you know, thought I'd really like it. And I went in and I spent the entire, and I was only supposed to do a little bit of editing. And I went into the computer lab at the time at Simon Fraser and, you know, I spent the entire day. Yeah. You didn't stop. No. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional here, but I really enjoyed it. Like I like, liked doing the, like the editing and, and putting the music together. So this was kind of like me re like and and so why did I stop? Why did I not continue doing that? Well, again, like like most people, they assume that well, I wouldn't really make money doing that. And you know, when you're young like that, you're like, well, what's going to make me money, right? So for, back then, it was like I enjoyed that, but I'll you know, being you know, editing video isn't really going to. It's not very prestigious per se, although obviously, you know, that's not true. Uh, but again, uh, you know, my brain at the time was, well, you know, and so that's how I, I got into to the marketing game, which, um, which is another, for another episode. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, moving forward to, to present day, you know, I've been, you know, I, I was doing the intro and, you know, you're, I'm using GarageBand. And, uh, yeah, I really loved it. So, um, I've loved the process to this point. So I'm having fun. That's kind of the, the yeah. point. And that's the main point, right? You want to have fun. You want to be creative, get back to those creative roots that you kind of left behind. Yeah. But the other, the other side of it was I really wanted to discuss topics in a certain way or, or even ones I enjoyed Yeah, and kind of, even if, I didn't know enough about that topic. I could use the podcast as an excuse to, you know, maybe talk to people who did. So it was kind of a fun way of just being more social because sometimes, you know, we get busy or we, uh, I like to do a lot of deep work and then, you, you know, and I find sometimes I'm not as social as I was when I was younger or networking. So this is kind of my way of, being more social, but also creating some value. So creating some content that maybe other people might enjoy as well. Right. Yeah. So, and the other, you know, going, talking about interviewing people, I think the other, other thing too was I just wanted to have meaningful conversations with people like real conversations, like authentic and with interesting people. And I remember I, I've had conversations and it's been like, God, I wish I had, a, I wish I had recorded that. <laughs> yeah. that I been think a, you've said that like at least 10 to 15 times over the last six months. Yeah. Like, you know, this would have been a great podcast episode. <laughs> so so that's kind of the the other thing too. One of the other things that I thought really resonated with me that I've heard is about using content to, to leave a legacy. And I don't mean that as like being prestigious. I mean like 
with with our with our kids if they have grandkids there's there could be this body of work yeah it's like us going back and looking at photographs of now we've got audio yeah exactly i presuppose the fact that this will continue but it was kind of just a interesting way to to really get committed to to the long game because that's really one the one of the reasons why i've kind of decided to name this experiment uh you know, pod sessions with Mitch Fanning because I wanted to talk about a variety of different things and we'll get into why I'm doing that in in just kind of a bit. And, you know, I know I'm going to be Mitch Fanning 10 years from now. So I, to me, it was important to do something that I knew I could commit to for 10 years because if I did something that I thought would be more niche oriented because I would get traction and I could monetize it, you know, how long could I sustain that? Cause I've tried that in the past. So as a, as a marketer, I know I'm breaking all the rules, you know, who is Mitch Fanning? Well, you know, nobody cares. Right. We, I know that, but I knew that it I was, do, but- yeah, well, Kari and and <laughs> my mom will listen to it, and uh, that'll be enough for me, right? Because that's sometimes it's all all you need. But to me, it was important to play the long game because I've I've played the short game, and and uh, and usually it's because you're doing it because it's what you think other people or the expectations, and not and it's not to say that I'm not going to listen to people's. Uh, you know, you know, do that customer development with the show and really start to hone in on on topics. But yeah. and I will. But it's more about not starting off on a topic because you think you can monetize yeah. it and, and all that stuff that goes with it. And I think the other thing is that obviously I like helping people. Uh, and we already talked about the fact that I I like to talk. <laughs> So I think the the last point before we kind of jump into what to expect from the show is I I kind of wanted to, and again, this goes back to scratching your own itch, right? I kind of wanted to do a podcast that I wanted to listen to. That was kind of what I wanted to do. And even within a niche or a certain topic, Talk about something that I wanted to hear on a regular basis. So what should people expect to kind of lower the stakes and the friction? You know, obviously having you on is my first guest, <laughs> Kari, my wife. I, I was kind of like, well, how do, how do I do this? Where, so it's, it, it's just trial. And so I decided, well, just like Netflix has seasons, you know, their television shows. I would have like a season one. So I could commit to, so the season will be about six episodes. So what I'm going to be doing is about two per month and I'm hoping to get them out on Monday. And the length is going to vary between, it could be 20 minutes, it could be up to 60 or even longer. So I'm going to kind of experiment with that. I think what's going to happen is, and and obviously I'll get better as I put on more shows, but if the content is good, then it really doesn't matter how long it is. And I know not everyone would necessarily agree with that, but that has been the consensus that I have come across by just reading and talking to some people. Well, yeah, and the ones you listen to yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, I listen to, and I don't always listen to a full episode, but at times I will listen to an episode that's an hour and a half long in chunks Yeah, as I'm riding my bike, et cetera, and doing workouts. Now, as far as topics go, they will, they're going to vary. Uh, and I think each episode might even only be for 10% of the people who end up listing 
and I know this is kind of breaking my own rules, but so the first topic is kind of going to be business related specifically because I've had experience working in SaaS companies as a, as a marketing leader, basically two profit 500 companies in Canada. I've noticed that there's a lot of romance with the, with the software startup, with the tech startup, getting the product market fit, which in my mind is 2.5 million, you know, give or take, depending on the business, but getting to that stage has its challenges. And once you're at kind of initial scale, once you're at about 10 million and you start to get larger, there's a lot of media coverage and, and a lot of exposure with those type of companies. And and they obviously at that scale ha- have their challenges. I haven't worked in a large scale. I haven't worked in a company kind of beyond 10 million, but I've spent basically my entire, you know, the last at least 10 years with companies and even, even before that with companies kind of in that middle stage. And that's kind of the 2.5 who are trying to get to about 10 to that initial scale. So it's, it's kind of like they've reached product market fit with one product and they're trying to get, and they're usually around four to 5 million. They're growing quite rapidly and they're, they're trying to get to that 10 and they have their challenges too, but it's not it's not really discussed a lot. No. So that's what I meant by like even the 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 podcast like Saster, uh, some of these pod they do like amazing. They have amazing content in in that respect in that topic, but they they don't really talk a lot about that particular growth phase between that two point five to yeah the mid range the mid range right. It's kind of the murky middle. Yeah. And again, they have challenges. So what I'd like to do is. I'd like to bring light to that. And especially especially within the in the Canadian market. And that's the other side of this too is that a lot of content that's out there with SaaS it's American. Yeah. And so and I'm not saying there isn't any but there you know so I want to I want to really I want to have some Canadian content. That's what I I'm trying to get it. <laughs> And I want to do it in that middle range. So that's kind of where where we'll leave it. I will probably do random topics like like cryptocurrency yeah. because I am involved uh, to a certain degree with with crypto, and I I just like yeah. You want to learn more too, right? Yeah, and I so I'll do it. You know, I'll bring it to the layman, or if if people aren't because uh, I've been in it for about a year, and just any other kind of emerging technology like Alexa skill, all those kind of things. I'm still interested in those. I I may have some random shows or episodes on that as well and bring bring some people who would like to talk to. So if you are a SaaS founder between 2.5 <laughs> to, to 5 million ARR annual recurring revenue and you want to have a forum to talk about the challenges to, to, to help other founders, I'd love to have you as a guest. So that's my... That's my pitch there. <laughs> How did I do? I'm taking a sip of coffee. So I, I think I just broke another rule of podcasting. <laughs> I haven't swore yet, too. So that's interesting. I, 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 I've been trying my best not to. You're doing a good job. The other, the other topic <clears throat> that's near and dear to my heart, because obviously I am a marketer. And marketing has gone through this interesting kind of stage that people people would you know know there's that marketing brings value, but then they don't really know what that value is, or you know everyone has a different answer. But to me, marketing's job is is pretty pretty clear, at least to me. It's to generate revenue, period. You know, everything else around that, let's take, for example, content creation. I think doing content creation is is necessary in, in today's age, of course. I mean, everyone knows that. And even doing content that you can't even justify as far as an ROI 
you know, is important to do. It's, you know, doing, doing, uh, experimental content or just get, you know, creating almost a media side of your business and that's fine. But as a, a marketing leader, it's up to you to allocate a certain amount of budget for that content. And then think of it as almost R and D, right? Think of it as R and D that you're that your overall budget or your overall activities are subsidizing. And some of that will actually monetize and some of that will actually, and some of it won't, but that's okay. But the people creating that content should be left alone. They're like, you know, the Navy SEALs, they're like their specific team. They create interesting content for different platforms. And it's up to the growth team to kind of decide the, you know, what platforms to use, et cetera, get out there and create the leads and revenue again, revenue, uh, and closing that loop, you know, with accounting, et cetera. And so I'm really wondering why it's not everyone's definition of marketing, why there's always this, you know, vagueness about what marketing should do. And and so, so I'm, I really want to have open up the forum here on my podcast <laughs> to have other marketers, ones that are what you would consider revenue marketers that have done it. And, and I've, I've, I did it to a certain extent with, with the software company I worked previous, but that to me really makes everything clear, right? So again, I, I won't really delve too deeply into this topic. We'll leave this for another episode, but I think I'd like to really open this up to, to other marketers, uh, specifically uh, marketers who work for SaaS companies and, you know, ones that are, are, you know, ones that are revenue oriented and have done that, have really closed the loop with, and have brought in the entire C-suite on, 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 on side and, and ones that, that are trying to. Yeah. The challenges and, that you're like, what you face as well. Yeah. Right? You know, to some degree. And again, give them a form to, to have that discussion. So again, any marketers out there who want to talk, let's 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 do this. Let's hit record. And I guess the the third the third bucket is I'm deeply passionate about personal growth, and so I want to uh, kind of a platform to to have to talk about that as well. And I, I think as I've kind of taken a break, I've realized that, you know, I, I also want to make a life for myself, not, not just a good living. And it doesn't mean you're not responsible. I think you, you need to, obviously, you know, I have a responsibility to my family, but I think it's also important. I have a responsibility to myself to to make my life, you know, to make something of it in a sense that I don't want to have any regrets. You know, one of the things I've I came across and I have it, I, I look at it pretty regularly is this, this, this woman, uh, again, the name escapes me, but she, she essentially worked with a lot of people who are in their last few moments. And she started to document um, their thoughts and she saw a pattern in, in the certain things that they regretted. And I, number one, again, was just, they wish they, they lived a life that was more true to them versus living in a certain way where doing things that they that they thought were expected of them, but that wasn't really what they wanted to do. So, you know, I've, I really took that to heart. And the other side of it was, I think I had this epiphany like a month ago, you know, like one of my favorite movies as a kid was Indiana Jones. And what I really, even at the time when I was a kid, what I really loved about it was the fact that here was this guy who was like a professional 
And I didn't, you know, I don't know why I thought it was so great that this guy was a, but I, I just like, here he's respected and he does, he's clean, you know, and he does, he works for a university. It's great. He, you know, he's a professor. And then he does these crazy, like, adventures on, on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he puts on his hat and he kind of gets his lasso and he gets out there. And it was like this, this, he had this dual kind of person, you know, life, right? Like, and, and so, you know, I get up every morning and I say, well, you know, if this, my, if my life was a movie, how would I operate today? What would I do today? Like, what would I do that would make my life like be, be exciting enough to be in a movie, like get out there. Right. So, and one of the things I'm doing in pursuit of that is looking to get into some mountaineering right and i know i'm going to screw this name up because <laughs> aconcagua i think i got that right yeah i think you got mount, it mount aconcagua uh in south america it's the second highest mountain in the world and and it's funny because my friend kevin kevin jardine if you're listening <laughs> you're the one who put this in my brain Gee, thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, my <laughs> wife thanks you for that. You know, we were talking and I was like, yeah, I just want to do, like, I want to go on more adventures. He's like, well, you should climb uh, Mount Aconcagua. See, I said it three times in a minute, so I got it. Uh, and I'm like, so he told me about it and it's it's doable, And but I'm doing it in 2021. So again, it's it's going on more adventures. So yeah, get outside, people. You know what I mean? Yeah, as people look at me, I'm starting to talk like a radio host. So, <laughs> Stop. so yeah, that's part of my. Anyways, the topic that we're going to talk about today a little bit, it kind of falls under that personal growth bucket, if you will. It's starting over, being in transition, and, and you know, doing doing something new. You know, so obviously, I'll I'll, I'll start. I'll kick it off. You know, I, I took that, took the sabbatical, you know, and, you know, I did leave a good paying job and obviously my wife supported me. Well, she'll let you know if she didn't, right? <laughs> this is her, this is her chance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. To, to really, really, you know, settle the score. I just took a sip of water, so I just broke the other, other another rule. But it's really like it's interesting, just the idea of like breaking, breaking or interrupting the patterns and taking breaks along the way, like I kind of discussed earlier. And it's just about like being being a beginner again. I mean, how scary that is! Like it. I'm like in my early forties and yeah, there are, I, I'm, I'm looking at getting into more advising for, for SaaS companies in that kind of growth and helping them out. But you know, I'm also looking at doing other things like this podcasting. So I, I'm a complete rookie and I know I'll, I'm going to listen to this <laughs> episode, you know, hopefully when, as I continue to do this, you know, a year from now and just be, God, I'll probably listen to this episode tonight and be like just mortified. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> forget about a year from now, right? Uh, but it's really creating that space and just having that time to to experiment. So again, that's part part of the reason. But we we I mean we did have some some goals, yeah, that we wanted to, or at least you know we I talked to you and one of them was travel, yeah. And we got to do that. I mean, if you hadn't have taken that sabbatical, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did. Yeah, because you, you know, you run your own store, so you know you. you I have you, some flexibility. Yeah, flexibility. Obviously, you need to make sure that staff is there and such. But I mean, we went to Samara for a month, and yeah, it's like it's one of our favorite places. Yeah, Costa Rica. Costa, yeah, Samara, Costa Rica, um, and and yeah, so. And and really that for me was a a time to kind of reset. And we already kind of talked about the creative part, but you know, my other my other goal was to to get uh get healthier again and just 
double down uh, and go all in on on my health. I I had tried. I mean, I a couple of years ago I did three triathlons and kind of got injured in between. And so this this year I decided this summer I want to do an Olympic distance, and then the next year maybe do a half or a seventy point three as they call it in in Ironman. Uh, and maybe even do a full Ironman before I, I climb uh, Aconcagua in 2021. So kind of that's my roadmap. But of course, you know, there are risks yeah. that come with making that decision to go on a, a voluntary, uh, you know, obviously unpaid sabbatical. I'm no longer with, with, the, with the company. And again, this goes back to that kind of starting over. It's, you know, the fear of becoming irrelevant, you know, it's been four or five months. You, you start to think like, Oh, the world is kind of moving on without me. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you make those compromises financially. We're fine. So not to worry, you don't have to send donations. <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet. You know, we're, we're we were we're good, um, and that's that's why we decided um, that I could do this. Uh, but you know, I've we've always lived pretty frugally, and we've reined in a bit more. And you know, there were things that we did that we're not doing. So it, you know, you, you sacrifice, and I, I, no, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, everyone at some point has to do it. So it's it's it's. Um, you know, it's 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 no big thing to most people to sometimes have to compromise, but but there is you know there's that whole uh, thing about struggle, you know, and, and whether you're struggling, you know, to you know what next or what should I do, and uh, you know, because you want to experiment. And again, I I want to experiment with certain things. And, and, you know, being, being uncomfortable. And, and then you get to a point where you're like, wait a minute, you know, struggle's good. Being uncomfortable or being comfortable, I should say, in uncomfortable situations is good. I mean, that's on the other side of that is, is growth and kind of what you actually want in life. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting. I've, I've kind of, I've kind of made a, a game of this to a certain degree. There's this gentleman, Zhao Jing, he did a, a Ted talk. It's called the rejection game. And he, he basically was just, was fearful of, of getting rejected. And so he, every day went out in search of finding a way to, get rejected i think his first day he asked some some guy for like a hundred dollars you know obviously the guy said no and he took off running and then he he watched it because he was videoing this too and then he he put it up on his website and i'll share i'll share the you got to share the krispy kreme one yeah the krispy kreme right um that's the best he asked the person at the counter if they'd make uh, a donut in the shape of limbic rings and the person got really into it and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking breaking down. Just yeah, we both did. I think when we watched that video, so I'll share that as well. Yeah, and that, share that. that and so notes. so I I started to do that. I started going out and uh, just asking people for ridiculous things, and and you realize that it. You know, uh, I I take rejection. I again, I'm I'm not superhuman, but I have a thicker skin, so I kind of started doing other things in search for struggle, but. You should try this game. What I did from there is I, I piggybacked. I came across Wim Hof protocol, which is cold exposure. And the idea of putting yourself in really cold water, again, that's a form of struggle if, if you think about it. And there's a, there's a lot of other kind of benefits to it. But uh, waking up every morning with a cold shower and you know, facing struggle right out, right off, right out of the gates if you think about it, you, number one, it it, 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 it fucking wakes you up. So I just swore it wakes you up. <laughs> so it's, you, you start your day off great, <laughs> but it's in a way you're putting yourself through a form of struggle. 
And so again, looking for struggle, looking for, you know, you know, I, I think I've gotten myself up to five minutes now in, in uh, a cold shower. And you started what, with 30 seconds or something? Yeah, I was like, I think it was 30 seconds and I, and I freaked out and I jumped out of the, the cooler, turned it on, turned on the, the heat. But, you know, even, even, uh, you know, Jocko Willick, you know, he, he has this phrase called discipline equals freedom. And he, Jocko is a, is a Navy SEAL, like a highly decorated Navy SEAL. And he's, he, he's not, he's not for everybody, but I kind of have a man crush on him right now. <laughs> Cause he, he's like one of those, he was kind of like one of those guys that you just like, like I always, you know, so I said to you, I go, wouldn't it be great <laughs> oh, no. if I had like, if I could go live with this guy for a week, like he, you know, he, like, I think I'm a pretty disciplined person, but I thought like, you know, and I, and there's certain things about people in the military that I highly respect. Like they're just the way they operate and just. You know they're they're very efficient. So I've kind of taken parts of the military, even into my marketing operations, the way I kind of build out teams. I, I've really looked at the military a lot, and I'm like, like, yeah, tell them what you did to bring Jocko home into our. Yeah, so so Jocko, if if this ever comes your way, <laughs> obviously I knew that you know I I couldn't you know sleep in your in the bed with you or <laughs> sleep at your house or. I know you weren't going to come to 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 St. Catharines, uh, to St. Catharines, Ontario, postal code. No. <laughs> so I, I looked I looked up a video and I got I got the uh, I got the audio clip of basically him you know doing one of his his uh, motivational rants and I threw it up on my my alarm clock. So every <laughs> every morning at five thirty, Jocko Jocko wakes me up and uh, me and and, and Kari. So <laughs> so if you're uh, if you're listening, Jocko, um, my wife's not very happy with you. <laughs> but if somebody, if if you look up this guy on the internet, like if I saw a picture of him in the morning, it would wake me up. So he's uh, he's he's a handsome looking dude again with that man crush. But uh, you know, one of the th- one of the quotes that I kind of wrote down here was from Viktor Frankl, and it's something I look at as well on a on a regular basis. It's you know, forces beyond your control can, can take everything away except one thing. And it's, it's your freedom to respond to a situation. And, and Victor Frankl was a, was a Holocaust survivor. And he, he was an author of a book called man's search for meaning. And, and, and again, like it's, a, it's that struggle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. I think I broke the record. <laughs> For the most breakdowns in a in a podcast session, um, folks. If there's a if there's a uh, if there's an award for that, um, I think you just won it. I think I might have just won it. So if if someone's listening to this or listen, see, I I, I told you that I got no one's listening and they're going to listen, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, sign me up as a nominee. I, I you know maybe I can get on the uh, podcasting hall of fame early. <laughs> um so kari let's kind of like shift gears here okay um and obviously starting something new ending something in transition you're obviously no stranger to this this you started your business cousins women's clothing boutique in 2007 so 11 years ago yeah i'm in my 11th year now yeah and that that was the year before we met, we yeah. met in 2008. And, and before that, obviously, you did other things. Yes. You were a Montessori teacher. You 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 know, you sold cars even. And, and you're going to obviously mention you did some other things. But, you know, take us back to the years leading up to to starting Cousins. I think it's circa 2004. And like, you can obviously go on before that. But three years before, what were you doing then? And what were the, what were the events or even the thought process or the self-talk that you were, that you were kind of engaged in before you just decided to pull the trigger and start your business? Um, well, I'm kind of used to transitions. Uh, started out in university. Um, I would say I went there with no direction. It was more to play university basketball. So, of course, after two years, that kind of fell apart and I just couldn't be there for the sake of being there anymore. 
So I always had an interest in fashion. So I went to take a fashion merchandising course in Toronto, um, which I found interesting. But at the time, I will date myself, back in the early 90s, the focus was on being uh, a buyer and very math focused. There wasn't something in that that I found that would, you know, touched me that was specifically for me. So I made another transition um, into something different again. Uh, and then from that, my next transition was into uh, the Montessori training which uh, I did for a year, which I loved the training. It was very intense. I learned a lot. And I started teaching in a private school um, in 1998 or 99. Um, and, and you were a kindergarten. Young kids, yeah, like toddler age, which was... In the Montessori, they have a toddler program. So pre-kindergarten, it's... Which I, I can't see you doing, and I've said this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it, the, how I got into Montessori was I have an aunt who owned Montessori schools in Vancouver, and she I talked to her several times about it, and I just thought it was... I mean, I really believe in the Montessori philosophy. It's a great program, Um but as the years went on, I realized as much as I believed in the program, working with young children just was not for me. I love kids, but I found it challenging. Um, I found it a little nerve wracking dealing with parents, to be honest. Uh, it's always Especially kind of... in, in high heels. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Good. definitely was one of the... <laughs> you got to share that. Yeah, I I think I was probably the only one that wore skirts and heels to to work. I'm like, you know what? This is me. I'm just gonna do it. Not taking anything away from other teachers, but no, she she, she definitely was was overdressed for a <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah, um, that's that fashion thing always coming back. It was always there, right? In so the she says, obviously, but I I've seen her dress up to this point, so I I can definitely I could see that. Yeah. So. So then getting three years prior to opening the business, you know, I, I was came to the realization that, you know, that this wasn't for me and I was having a very difficult time bringing myself going to school each day. And it, it was like this dread feeling, like overwhelming. And through the summers, all I would think about was having to go back. So I started thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to transition out of this. And I really had no plan. I left and I basically for the next year, I worked at a winery doing wine tours. I worked a bit of retail. I tried selling cars. Um, and during that time, um, my cousin had opened up a store in Port Dalhousie, a little local area here. And I worked in there part time with her. And where women would come into the store all the time and say, oh, we could use a store like that up in Font Hill area. And, you know, after hearing this quite a few times and talking with my cousin, we spur of the moment decided to open up a store in Font Hill together. And that's so, how that started. So it's interesting, not, you know, not because I've heard, obviously I've heard the story, but What's interesting is obviously you tr you tried a whole bunch of different things. Yes. Uh, so that's one thing um, that I kind of want to earmark. But the other thing is you were you were listening to, to customers again. That kind of that customer development um, aspect. But the one thing I I don't know if I ever did ask you or maybe I did, but just for just for the you know for the sake of of this episode, mm. you know what was it about that Fawn Hill area, like, or moving to another area versus, um, the area you were in, which I think was Port Dalhousie at the time. Yeah. Um, 
what was it about why you wanted to make that shift there? Because you did it with your cousin. Yeah. Well, I think at the time, Port Dalhousie, well, I mean, it's been in a transition for years. It so was, it was just a better location. Yeah. There was no stores there at the time. I mean, St. Catharines was already full of stores and Font Hill didn't have any. And there was women that were looking for it. So, so yeah, again, we boy. looking at an area that needed something like a women's clothing store. Okay. So you, 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 you know, you opened. Yeah. And obviously you've, you've never run a store. You no. ne- you, so, you know, wh- what was it like kind of like, so take me back to that first couple months up you know, first year. Yeah. Like what? Well, definitely challenges because I mean, both my cousin and I had, not necessarily well any business background opening a business we you know to be honest it was probably not done in the most professional way looking back I would do things very differently we didn't do a business plan we didn't uh, do a lot of market research. We kind of jumped in with two feet. We opened as a women and men's clothing to start out. She did have some connections with suppliers, so we were able to get our lines in from that. Um, but definitely, we had no idea about how to market, how to promote, aside from going to the local papers, um, which I've learned over the years isn't necessarily the best way to promote my business. I know for some people it may work, but in the past, it hasn't necessarily been the best for me. Um, you know, and definitely I would say the main challenge, which, you know, is going into business with somebody that, you know, family for one can be challenging, especially when you run into difficulties, which, you know, we did, um, you know, not necessarily knowing what each other is like in that scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. So within the first year that, kind of fell apart and we went separate ways and I have continued on my own with the business since then. So, So. you know, and I, I was with you at that time. Mm -hmm. So I guess what, you know, for just as a takeaway and, and for, for people who might listen to this, what would your suggestion be? if they were considering starting something with say a family member or a friend uh, or even someone else, what would you, what advice would you give them? It's tough because I mean, I've heard lots of people that have even gone into it with more open eyes than myself in same similar situations and have had same similar difficulties. But Definitely, I think uh, getting a business plan for sure, knowing what each of your roles are going to be, and having the difficult conversations around, you know, if things don't work out, how are we going to deal with this? Like, you know, there's a good chance that it may not work out, that, you know, we could come to heads, we may have different ideas about things, and maybe doing a bit more due diligence around that and and maybe even having paperwork done. You know, getting lawyers involved as much as that may seem strange, especially with a family member. But I think ultimately, I think you need to do it. And yeah, and so like my experience with with, uh, with partners, uh, I, I started a, a real estate company, like an investing company with a friend. And you know, you know, one of the things that you said, you know, when you're starting something, you know, with someone else, finding out right away the weak, the weakest links. So for example, you know, if you're starting anything new, you really need, like each person really needs, I would say two years Mm -hmm. of like, say like savings or some, some access and so in the with the real estate i i was actually the weak link my friend at the time 
who who started with me, he he kept his job. I didn't. I kind of went in head first with I burned through my my savings very quickly. And then I was the weak link. Uh there was some other challenges, but but to me so and and that was I would say one of the biggest factors in your case. Both of us were the weak link, well, you, I yeah, think. Both, you know. But exactly. But you had you had some access to, to, yes. to capital. Um yeah. and and again she didn't and it's it's not a bad thing. It's not nothing again but just that created some friction in that sense. And so, you know, making sure that, you know, you have those tough conversations and you make sure that if there are weak links, you address them. So if this person can't, maybe they stay employed and only work part-time yeah. or maybe take a smaller share of the business or something yeah. of that matter. But, yeah. but, but having really those tough conversations and, and doing some, preparation yeah really t- again maybe knowing a bit more uh, and maybe starting off small right so yeah and the thing is the problem is with family you think you know people and but really when it comes into that situation you've never been in a business situation before with that family member that you know things are different yeah unfortunately it can be and and so but obviously you've progressed from there yeah and you know you're you're doing well, right? Meaning, you know you're. I'm still here. You're still eleventh year, so yeah. I mean that's that's a that's that's success to in my in my books. That's that's success. But I, I guess you know maybe we've already kind of touched upon this, but you know how has maybe a failure or that you know that you know some of the failures or or kind of mishaps that you've already talked about um how did that kind of set you up for the success that you had later well i think it builds strengths i mean you know you can get through that situation i mean at the time you know you think oh am i gonna have to close the store you know what are people gonna think do i change the name of the business because it was called cousins um and it still is yeah um you know, but then you get through to the other side and you realize that, you know, you're stronger than you think and, and you can, you know, face those challenges as they come. And, you know, you always learn from failure. There's always got to be something good that comes out of it. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the, the struggle, right? Part of it. It's, it's really looking for ways to, 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 to find struggle in the small scale so yeah. that when you do something and you you have to face it on a larger scale, you know, you've built up some thicker skin or, you know, you're, you, you can, you can, uh, you can accept it and you can kind of move, uh, move in from there. For me, you know, we we're talking about starting something new, starting this this podcast, very low stakes, you know, not doing it with anybody, obviously, no, no really big investment. But but it's it is scary because, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you're kind of in a way exposed and, and you know, you, you're gonna, you're gonna run into that. Uh, and, and so some of the things I've kind of I did as a as part of the, my preparation was getting a sense of like what advice I could get from others. So I kind of talked to some people and, and uh, you know looked at some people who are pretty prominent in the game uh, who 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 you know had written about their their experiences and uh, you know you know the, the kind of the list I came up with was you know to keep things simple. Yeah. So like when you're, you know, starting something new, yeah, definitely just keep, keep it simple and, you know, try it on a small scale. And, and, you know, the other thing is a lot of people say, well, it has to be perfect before I put it out there or I do it. Right. Like just, it can be good enough. Uh, if think, you always want to be perfect, it probably won't happen. Right. Exactly. Right. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, in the case, in the sense of the podcast, it was know why you're doing it. And I kind of touched upon that and, and your audience. And again, I think I will learn uh, a little bit more about what my audience wants. And I'm definitely going to say, I want your feedback. Pe- uh, people who are listening, every little thing that you do 
in terms of just, you know, replying or, or sending me some, will give me that oxygen that I need to, to not only improve the show, but to keep going, I think. And, and again, we're, we're, we're kind of looking at the podcast specifically here, but one of the pieces of advice that was interesting was trying to tie it into what you're doing kind of on a day-to-day basis instead of, and I know like sometimes people, and it's not necessarily the only way to do it. Some people like have a niche that they like they're in the Smurfs and they want to do it. So, you know, there are other ways, but the idea of documenting versus creating or trying to be original, I think it's a lot easier just to document. So I'm going through a sabbatical I'm talking about the sabbatical. It's it's kind of already it's present. It's something I'm doing already. Trying to niche it. The other another piece of it. I try to niche if you can. Um, I know I'm not doing that. It's I'm breaking uh, again my own rules. Usually I like to be more targeted, but but that was another piece of advice. The other other piece of advice was really not to worry about analytics. And I'm a numbers guy, but when you first start doing something like this, I would say when you're starting something new, don't get caught up in, in the, in the data. Don't get caught up in, you know, you need that validation right off the bat. Just continue. And especially when you're doing something creative, just do something creative for its own sake and continue. Because if you do it for again, monetary reasons, I just don't think I know from, from my own experience, it's not sustainable. So it just won't sustain you. The other aspect, again, we talked about it, keep it small, but you know, with guests or even the episodes, I keep it, keep it small, start small and then level up from there. So again, why I'm just doing the six episodes and, and maybe, you know, it might be shelved from that point, or maybe I can look to improve and iterate and, 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 and scale up from there as far as, as good content and, and even maybe, maybe some guests that, that are, are going to be, be higher on the, you know, again, not, I'm doing it with probably friends and people in my circle. But again, as, as we do this, uh, hopefully I can, I can get, you know, people who will want to talk to me <laughs> that don't know me, which would be, which would be fantastic. Um, and playing that long game. So that was the other piece of advice. I realize I'm saying, um, now I'm starting to be, <laughs> I'm starting to be really aware of that. Uh, in the, the other idea was, again, we've talked about this, but really scaling or focusing on making a good, good product yeah. before you, you think about scaling or, or, or improving distribution. And I guess before we kind of close, you know, I, I listened to this interview with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And for those of you that don't uh, know that name right off the bat, he's an actor. And so he's he's well-known for uh, movies like Inception in 2010 and Looper 2012 and Dark Knight in 2012 as well. And in his interview... He talked about a, a time in his life, I think it was around 2010, 2008, 9, 10, uh, I'm guessing, but where he was, it, it was either he was struggling to find consistent work or just good, good projects. And I looked at his kind of timeline on his, on his, uh, on, I think it's IMDB, or IMDB something? and he was doing a little, like a lot of shorts before, kind of before 2010. And so he, he, I think he took a break or he just needed a, an outlet, a creative outlet. And so he started uh, this, what he called, quote unquote, uh, an art project. And it's hitrecord.org. Um, hit, and again, I'll put this in the show notes, hitrecord.org. And he did this with, with I believe, his brother or could have been his brother-in-law. And, and, and what it is, is it's kind of a new production studio where artists can kind of go online and submit their pieces of work. And then other people kind of take that work and they, they start collaborating together. And, and, and Joseph is kind of the, the director. He's kind of the, 
head producer. And sometimes some of those pieces get actually taken to market in the traditional sense. And, and any of the people who contributed actually get paid. Like all the collaborative, it's, it's, that's really cool. Yeah. And he, he, he talked about that. He said, you know, he did it because he was kind of tired of people just like he was, he was, he was asking people for their, you know, their permission or like he was going on, on audition and to be creative. And he said, he just got to a point where he wanted to just stop asking or looking for people's permission to be, you know, part of their project and just to be creative. Yeah. So he created his own thing and it was hit record and it's actually been quite successful. And to the point where he might actually be like, you know, there might be some investor, uh, again, this is not uh, official, but it's, 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 it's definitely gotten to the point where it's, it's self-sustaining from a, from a, a monetary point of view. So yeah, you know, you want to be creative, stop waiting for other people to give you permission and just go out and be creative. That's kind of the, the bottom line. So I think it's, we've gotten to that point where we're, we've come to the end of the road, at least for this first episode. We did it. I think, yeah, we did it. (laughs) So any, any final, any kind of final parting words for my mother, who's going to be listening to this? (laughs) No, I just want to thank you for picking me to be your first guest. Um, I think it went really well. I think. Why? I I hope it it went really well. And if not, this was a great form of couples therapy. We should. (laughs) Exactly. We shed tears. We laughed. We're on to something here. I think uh, for those of you who want to take the next level with your spouse, start a podcast with them and have them on. No, I mean, yeah, obviously. Thank you. It was a, it was a, you know, not, not to take anything away from that, but it was a way obviously to lower the stakes, create less friction just to get get things started. So, uh, so I thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, obviously I'll provide it in the show notes, but is there, is there any, is there a a, a easy way for people who kind of want to reach out and, and uh, say hi to you. Yeah, on uh, Instagram, you can see me at XO Cousins Boutique. Uh, Facebook, uh, we're on there as Cousins. And yeah, we're online too. Just a website, cousins.com. Actually, cousinsboutique.com. Sorry. Um, yeah, and the sh- it'll be in the show notes. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, again, thanks everyone for listening and uh, make it a great day. Well, that's it for this session. For those of you who made it this far, thank you so much. Quick reminder, the show notes will be available on my website at mitchellfanning.com. And at this stage of the game, I really only have two small requests. Number one, I'd really love to get your feedback. And you can do that by either going to iTunes and leaving a review or contacting me via email or social. Just use the hashtag MitchCast. Again, all of this can be found on my website. Because like I said before, it's really going to be your feedback that's going to give me the oxygen to keep me going in the early stages and to improve the show. Because ultimately, I want this to be something that you'll also get value from. Last but not least, if you know somebody who might be interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out and let me know as well. That's it. That's all. Until next time, thank you so much.